Welcome to WVYC's Perspectives. This is an up-close look at the students, faculty, and administrators who make your college unique. This week's show shines a spotlight on the programs and people here at YCP. This week's host is Jeffrey Schiffner. Welcome to WVYC's Perspectives, and today we're going to have a little bit of a different kind of show. We're going to be talking with a junior MERT major, Nick Comito. Uh, Nick is uh, had a unique experience uh, in January that is also going to kind of show up and is showed up and is uh, is available now. First of all, Nick, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's an honor. All right. Uh, tell uh, You tell the story because you can tell the whole story. So go ahead. You right. start. Okay. <laughs> so me and my best friend from high school, we've known each other for 10 years now, and we've been doing YouTube videos in video games uh, for about four or five years together. And it's just been kind of a hobby thing that we've done in our spare time. And a new game came out in 2016 called Steep by Ubisoft. And Steep is a wonderful open world snowboarding, skiing, wingsuiting, winter sports kind of game. And we just absolutely fell in love with it. And from the beta, before the game was even released, we were in the game kind of figuring out what we could do to do something different in the game once it was released and we can make a video of it and put it to the internet. So we ended up making a competition in the game as soon as it was released and posted it to the Reddit and it absolutely took off to the point where the developers in France actually saw our video, liked it so much that they brought us into a community of the game's best. So the best writers, the best creators, the best promoters of the game were all in this little chat room, all talking to each other. And then they offered us in August to come out to the studio to game test a new expansion that was coming out, which was vaguely similar to the kind of thing that we were doing in the game once it first came out, which was RTTO, the Road to the Olympics expansion and Steep, which like the name suggests, it has to do with the Olympics. So you essentially created content for them. Correct. Yeah, we were free promotion for them. And, you know, it was funny once we got to the studio in France, everyone saw our stickers from the game called the Tartiflette Games. And everyone in the studio was going, oh, my gosh, you know, we've seen your video. You're the guys who made that. And yeah, yeah. And you helped us figure this out and you helped us create this and adjust this in the game because they viewed that as this is what we want the game to become. So they worked our aspects into their game. And then they presented us with their close to final project and said, tear it apart. You know, tell us what you want us to do differently. And for four days, we were there testing this pre-released game. Um, and we were able to tell them openly, you know, change this on the snowboard. And two hours later after lunch, they'd come <laughs> downstairs and say, here's the updated version. Does the snowboard look better? It was just such a cool experience. Um, so now f uh, fast forward to when the expansion actually is released, they released with it a tournament. And they said the top six riders that make it in this tournament on Xbox, PlayStation, and computer on PC. So each one of the platforms. Correct. So six. So 18 total. Well, no, uh, six altogether. Oh, okay. So they were going right. to take two from each. All right. So the top two or wild card positions, you know, whatever happened, uh, if someone couldn't go, they were going to pull the third or what have you. So six competitors were going to be granted a trip to Katowice, Poland, which is the second world's second largest ESL studio. And for people who don't know, ESL is eSports League. So it is 
competitive professional gaming. And it's become a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not as big in the United States yet. Um, There's still kind of a stigma behind it of the nerdy gamers that are watching this. But when you go to Poland and you see that they have an arena that seats 40,000 people, and then you see later on in pictures that World of Warcraft fills that stadium once a year for their grand final. That's 40,000 people from Europe that show up to Poland to watch people play video games on screens in front of them. I guess they probably think we're the, you know, baseball and football and all the things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's really catching, uh, it's really catching a tailwind and being pushed to the forefront of entertainment right now. Uh, And alongside of the tournament, so this was huge because... Uh, you know, obviously, I am in contact with the best riders in the game, so everyone was freaking out whenever this tournament came out. You know, we can actually compete in this game, and it's going to be broadcast. It's going to be recorded. That's so cool. And a lot of those guys did actually end up making it to the finals. So I got to see some friends that I've been talking to for a while, but was never able to put a face or a, a voice to. Um, so the the way that I won was they also had a shoutcaster competition alongside the tournament uh, competition. So essentially, you were going to do play by play. Well, we didn't know what we were going to do. So initially, the way that it was phrased online and in the rules and regulations of the contest was, we will give you a video. Ubisoft will provide you a video. You will put your audio over that video and then submit it. And then the community will vote on the best shoutcaster, broadcaster, interchangeable terms. Um, We'll vote on the best one to send to this event. Well, it ended up that me and my best friend who have been making videos for five years got the call that we were going to be the two that were going to go to Poland. Uh, And it was just, it was a wonderful experience. We had no idea what to expect because they told us that we were the experts. We were the color commentators is kind of how it translated in our minds until we showed, we, we got there and saw the run of show and it turns out we were doing the play by play. So we had the most airtime, the most FaceTime of the entire production and it was kind of daunting when there were two other professional ESL broadcaster shoutcasters were in the studio with us and they kind of just said we're riding your coattails on this one you tell us what to do we are talking with uh, Nick Camino. Nick is a junior major here at York College, but had a very unusual experience. And most of it was kind of at the start of the semester. You were in Poland at the start of the, the, the semester. So what exactly were you doing the quote-unquote play-by-play for? Well, we were... The, the, the grand final was what was being held in Poland. So there were six competitors on stage in two events. And you can see the video. I'm sure we'll provide links uh, at the end of this interview. But there were six competitors on stage competing in two different events. And we were, I mean, the game looks so realistic that it looks like you're watching a real Olympic event. You know, there's a little bit of video game to it. You know, you can see the different HUD in the bottom corner and the different scores and trick names are on the screen. But when you look at the actual way that the physics move, it really feels, and it's easy to watch because it feels like real sports. So we sounded and we studied actual Olympic broadcasts because, again, this is the first time that this game had ever, have ever done something like this. Um, 
so we had no idea what to expect whenever we got there. So we trained as hard as we could by studying actual Olympic broadcasts and commentators for Olympic events, downhill skiing, slope style competition for snowboards, big air, what have you, just to kind of feel how the the conversation should roll along during the event, if we should be covering more of the technical side of it, if we should be covering more of the player's story and try to build that emotional connection. And I think we did a great job of doing both of those. It was it was super exciting, but again, it was terrifying because we had no idea what was expected of us. Uh, do you do you let's I, I want you to think out maybe a couple of years from now. Do you think that this is something that's going to take off in the United States? I absolutely do. And there are already teams that are being established in the United States. A lot of the teams are American based teams. I believe it the stigma and the apprehension to get on board with ESL gaming is strictly on the fan side and the general public side is they don't know what to make of it. You know, it's very it's very hard to watch a game like PUBG or CSGO or World of Warcraft where there's tons of technical stuff behind it. Right. You, you can watch PUBG and say, okay, these people, it's like the Hunger Games where they have to go out and find weapons and then survive until the very last. But there are so many different minute details that you need to make sure that you understand to fully get something out of this. Whereas you can watch sports and say, okay, you know, the hockey player went down and scored a goal. That's a goal. He punched some dude in the face. <laughs> He's going to sit in the penalty box because right. he punched somebody in the face. It's it's a knowledge base on the fan side. The Correct. Fa- sports are easier to grab a hold of. You never play war, uh, World of Warcraft. You don't know what that is or, right. or any of these other games. Uh, so you really think that the growth might be in, in, in kind of the sports side of it? Yeah. I, I really think that when people see what we have done with Steep... Um, is it's really going to resonate with a larger audience because like I said earlier, you can understand what's going on. Everyone's seen a downhill skier. You go between the poles down a mountain and you try to get your fastest time. If you wipe out, if you clip a pole and you lose a ski, you're done. It's as easy as that. Slope style is is the same thing. You know, you score the most tricks, the most points on the most tricks, and at the end of the day, whoever scored the most points is the winner. It's very straightforward there. Now there is strategy that you can learn, you know, you can take a bend a little wider than what the track says and it'll give you a faster time. But those are all things that are easily understandable to a general viewer. Um, you can also look at Rocket League, which is a basically like RC cars mm, yeah. that are playing soccer. Right. It's very straightforward. You know, there's an <laughs> offense side. There's yeah. a defense side. You score a goal and you win. A lot of people start showing their parents and their friends that don't know what esports are. They start with something like Rocket League or Madden or FIFA sure. to say, look, it's a, it's a video game, but they're playing sports. Okay. That, that I, you can understand. Right. Now, okay, let's go to CSGO. And now these people are playing a war game. It's a first-person shooter. It's a little difference, but it's the same kind of energy. And when it gets down to it, when you watch a whole production in a, an entire match or tournament transpire, the emotions roll almost more so than they do when you're watching a sporting event, a live sporting event like football, baseball, whatever. Uh, I remember in the studio there were a couple points where my heart was beating out of my chest and I kind of had to slow myself down because I was starting to scream and losing my train of thought. But then I said, wait a minute, I'm not down there. 
You know, there's none of these consequences affect me, but yet I'm still up here sweating and clenching my fists, screaming into the microphone. All right. So what are you going to take away from this whole experience? Other than the possibility that it might be a career. <laughs> right. Well, that's absolutely the uh, the goal right now is to look and see how I can do this in the future. Um, takeaways from this would have to just be hobbies. You know, something that's viewed as a hobby that you do on your free time can actually become something of substance and can open up so many doors to you and you don't even notice it because you're so busy just doing it by yourself. For the longest time, we didn't ever post our videos. We just made them for ourselves just and we enjoyed it. it. Right. And as soon as our videos started to catch on, you know, my parents are saying, well, where's the money? <laughs> you know, when are you getting paid for this? What's going to happen? And... We never thought of that. I mean, even for this trip, I won a contest. I wasn't hired to go and do this. Right. I didn't get paid. I, I won a contest and was able to do this. And everyone was saying, you get paid, you know, how much money? That's a big, that's a big paycheck. I wasn't even thinking about that. So do something that you love. That, that phrase sounds very cliche. But when I was doing something that I loved on a grand stage like Katowice, uh, the ESL studios in Poland. I mean, it was incredible. And there's there's nothing that could ever be better than doing what you love and having people enjoy it with you. And and also there's some, some bounce back on this. This is uh, going to be uh, sanctioned by the International Olympic Committee. So yeah. it's also going to be in conjunction with the Winter Games, which are currently going on. Correct. Yeah, the Olympic Winter Games, Pyeongchang 2018, are an official, this is an official licensed product of those events. So I can now put on a resume that I am a official Olympic broadcaster, which hasn't really sunk in yet. It kind of feels fake, but I was reassured at the studio by a, a man that was working for the IOC that said, yeah, you can put that on a resume. And if anyone contends it, the IOC will back it up because it was a licensed production by the by the Olympics. Okay, let's tell people how they can see what you did. Yeah, so you can go to my Twitter, which is at smallboy, S-M-O-L-B-O-I-I-I-I. That's four I's at the end of that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook, Nick Camito. And I believe we're going to we'll, be posting it to WVYC as well. To our to our uh, Facebook page as well. Yeah. Also, um, Steep Game on any uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you can follow at Steep Game. And that's S-T-E-E-P. Correct. Like a steep, steep mountain. Okay. <laughs> so, Nick, really, at the end of the day, when you talk about this experience, this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Hopefully not. Oh, I hope that it is not just a once-in-a-lifetime uh, again, you know, I've, I've been talking to the people at the studio, the dev team at the studio, and their response has been nothing but thumbs up and great jobs and uh, wonderful piece at the bottom of an email that I received. This will not be the last time that we contact you to do things like this. So hopefully there is a future, if not with ESL with steep and with ubisoft so i'm super excited to see what the future holds i hope this isn't a once in a lifetime opportunity that sounds very cool and i'm glad that wvyc because you've been a staffer here for what three all three years all three years uh hopefully that that experience that in front of a microphone helped it absolutely has it's my my friend was not used to hearing his voice in his headphones and that's just second nature to me now so thank you
<laughs> Thank you. Nick Camito, uh, junior Mert major here on uh, at your college, and congratulations on a great experience, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for WVYC's Perspectives. The program airs Mondays and Fridays at 10 a.m. This public affairs program is also available as a podcast at wvyc.podbean.com. Jeffrey Schiffman serves as the executive producer of Perspectives. We hope you join us again for another in-depth look at the York College community.